All right. Welcome to uh, my podcast. Uh, my name's Aaron Starkman. I work at Rethink in uh, Toronto, Canada. And this is a show called It's Only Fucking Advertising. I had an idea to do uh, a podcast five and a half days ago. <laughs> and here I am in Cannes, France. I got a shitload of equipment, heavy as hell. I've been on the phone and emails nonstop trying to figure this shit out. Uh, hopefully it works and hopefully uh, this records. <laughs> but I'm here and I have an interview lined up with Rob Riley. Now, Rob Riley, uh, for those that uh, don't know, is a big deal. He is the head of McCann worldwide uh, from a creative standpoint. He's done some really good work uh, as a writer, as a creative director. Fearless Girl, you know that. Crazy. Rob Riley led that. And before McCann, you may know his stuff from CPB on Burger King. A lot of award-winning work from Burger King, and he was the creative director on that. So excited to talk to Rob today. And I should say this. We have a bit of a, of a history together. Now, uh, we ended up working together, and I should say that I really like Rob Riley. I think he's a good dude. Uh, we got along really well when we were colleagues at CPB. But there was a time, about three or to five months, where I was not so fond of Rob Riley. And I'll tell you why real quick. So it was my dream my absolute dream to work at CPB in Miami. I always had a dream of having a condo on the beach while having a dream job. And that dream job was doing ads for the agency I fell in love with, CPB Miami. They did some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. And that's what I wanted, condo on the beach, CPB Miami. And things were in a place where they were moving along really well. And it was, to be honest, it was kind of of a done deal. Chuck Porter said, cool, you're working for us. Just meet some people. I met Chuck. I met Alex Bogusky. I met a whole bunch of people at the head office in Miami. And just before my flight, I had a final interview. And it was with Rob Riley. I went into his office and... <laughs> I sat down, and I don't know if I was nervous or whatever, but I had my arms up. And the first thing he said to me is, I don't really dig your posture, man. It doesn't feel so CPB. And the second thing he said was, what's with the blazer? I was wearing this stupid beige blazer. I never, ever wear blazers to work, but I was nervous and I wanted to look like a big deal. So I wore a blazer to this CPB day. And he called me on it. And he said, you know what? Blazers aren't really a CPB thing. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to fit in here. All right. <laughs> so we got to my work. He went through it really quickly. I had, uh, I had a really good TV reel. My print stuff kind of sucked. And he only looked at the print. And <laughs> I, left, I left that particular meeting feeling really dejected with my tail between my legs. I remember the flight home and I was like, oh... I fucked this up. I so fucked this up. That was like the worst thing ever. But the main thing I thought was, oh, I really don't like that guy. And I felt that way for, like I said, a few months. And it passed. And eventually our paths crossed again. And I was wrong. You know what? I got to know the guy. Rob's a really good guy. 
he never knew that I felt this way about him, just for a temporary time, for three to five months. Uh, We'll see if I have the balls to bring it up. I don't think I will. Maybe I will. Let's see. Okay, so it's coming up. Rob Riley from McCann. It's only fucking advertising. Okay, a sunglass. You got yeah, I'm going to put sunglasses very on. Nice, very yeah. nice. Okay. So we are recording. I am with uh, Rob Riley. And Rob is wearing very nice sunglasses. And we are inside in my little apartment. Yep. He's got a, a lovely crew with him here. And uh, they say hello. Okay, man. How is it going? It's going great, dude. It's uh, France. It's France. It's advertising. Have you, do you come to this every year? I do. I do. I, you know, everybody, can is a con, can, cans. It's can. I think it's, it's, can. Like, it's like, a, like a pop can. Pop I can, yeah, yeah. pop can, yeah. So uh, can, uh, you know, I didn't start coming here until I was well into my 30s. You know, it wasn't a thing really, I think, for we're of similar age. You're a little younger than me, but... Uh, can wasn't a thing. It was really the one show and and D&AD and CA and uh, Can was just this European thing that we never went to uh, or didn't necessarily care about. So I think it was around 2004 or so I, that, that I first went. And that's when CPB was really doing some killer stuff. So um, it was pretty interesting. But now I come every year for the awards and a lot of our it's, clients are here. It's a bit Groundhog Day though, eh? <clears throat> A bit. It's uh, yeah. I think it's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I kind of want. We're going to talk a little bit about advertising, but uh, we'll talk about other things. Yeah. Where, where are you from, man? Where'd you grow I'm up? I'm from uh, New Jersey. My parents are from the Bronx, New York, and uh, I grew up in North New Jersey my whole life. Brothers, sisters. I have an older cats. brother named Chris. I have a little brother named Jim who looks exactly like me uh, and sounds exactly like me. And then I have a a baby sister who's uh, eight years younger. And none of them are in advertising. None of them are advertising. Thank God. But my grandfather was in advertising. Really? Yeah. He was a a semi-pro hockey player. He He was drafted by the Rangers and he also was an artist. And believe it or not, back then, he made the decision to be an artist over a hockey player because he he thought it was going to be a better career, you know, better way to make money. Little did he know, you can't make any money being an artist uh, unless you're... Or as a hockey player, really. Back then, certainly. Um, But, you know, to support, you know, his art, you know, he would retouch advertising. That's crazy. So, it's pretty cool. How did you get into this whole thing? Well, I went to uh, the Harvard of Delaware, which is University of Delaware. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was a communications major and there was no real advertising school or classes. There was some marketing. <clears throat> and I also uh, did a lot of writing classes. So then um, I was pretty, pretty, pretty much a go-getter. I, you know, I was, you know, um, kept myself busy. I was bartender. I was in a band. Um, and I worked at a radio station. I worked at a, a AM radio station, like a sports news station. And I would sell, I would sell ads in college. I, I, so I'd wear suits to places. I was very ambitious. And then I, uh, I met some guy uh, who was driving past my house and we were having a party. He was in a Porsche and he stopped 
and he, and he I don't know somehow why he stopped probably looking for, for women <laughs> you know he was a little creepy but I don't know he stopped and I ended up he had an ad agency in Wilmington Delaware so I went to work there I, I'm so confused so this guy just stops yeah it's like hey hey how's, what's, what's what's going on here you yeah. want to go into advertising I kind of like that yeah it's a little weird I don't know why you know and uh it was called Dedonato Gladstone and Quinn. Tom Quinn was his name, and, uh, and Tom Quinn had a, a Porsche. He had a Porsche. Had a, so, I was, so Porsche. Um, and I was kind of interested in advertising. I thought it was cool, and uh, so I went to work as an as an account guy at this ad agency while I was in college, like a junior guy. So you were an account guy, <laughs> yeah? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, back then it was nothing. So then I ended up uh, once college ended, I ended up going to. Um, to down the beach and I lived at the beach for a year as a bartender and uh, then I moved back to New York lived in my parents house started to put together a portfolio by myself nice it's really an amazing story I moved to New York trying to get a job as a copywriter but you know I, there was not really many ad schools I took a, like one class at SVA which I got an F in <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I was really down I was trying to get a job as a copywriter but I was a, I was an assistant at an ad agency a small little agency and my mother my Italian mother was in a bowling league, right? Like a housewife bowling league. Yeah. So she's like, well, maybe I can talk to some people at, uh, in my bowling league. Maybe they know somebody. And I'm like, ma, <laughs> you're going to find me a job through your bowling league? I don't think so. Is your mom a good bowler? Uh, she was all right. She wasn't bad, you know. Are you a good bowler? Uh, no, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm not a good bowler. No, no I, I don't one, love bowling. No one is. Well, no, you're, you're good at this. You got yeah, this. And i uh, good at soccer. Got two things. Nice. Um, so she came home and she said, oh, guess what? I, I someone I work, uh, bowl with has a friend who works in advertising. I got her number. She said, you can call her. <clears throat> so I call her and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm trying to get a job as a copywriter. It hasn't gone so well. No one likes my portfolio. Uh, she's like, well, I'm in media, but I've got a friend in creative. Let me conference him in. Well, she conferences in this guy who sort of had the equivalent to the job I have now. And now the three of us are on this conference call and it was crazy. So he goes, come on in and show me your work. So I go in, go to the you know, top ivory tower floor and he looks at my work and he's like, well, it's not very good, but I like you. Why don't you keep working on it? Let's stay in touch. So I did that for about a year. Finally, uh, he said, uh, you know, I want to hire you, but I don't have a job right now. Now, being the position I'm in now, if I really wanted to hire a guy for $15,000, I probably could, you know? But he said, just wait by the phone and I'll call you as soon as a job comes. So six months go by, nothing. So of course, by now, my entire family knows I've been waiting for this guy to call. And he hasn't. And it's my dad. I'm like, if he calls, do not fuck this up for me. <laughs> you know, don't try to be funny, Frank. You know, like, play it cool, dude. So I never took days off. I never did anything. I worked so hard, right? So finally, one Friday, I decide I'm going to take a day off. Well, lo and behold, I get home. My dad goes, oh, uh, Bruce called. His name is Bruce. Bruce called. Uh, I go, what? I go, what did you say? I go, what did you, what did you say? He goes, oh, I told him you were, you were at the beach. I said, <laughs> What's, what is fucking wrong with you? I said, tell him. Why didn't you tell him I was saving the whales or, or volunteering? Like, why would you say I'm at the beach? He goes, ah, it doesn't matter. We've been waiting so long for his call. You know, it doesn't matter. He's lucky I didn't say, you know, what took you so long? 
I go, okay. So I called him back and he gave me the job. And, uh, and your dad did not screw it up. He didn't screw it up. Uh, the, the guy's name was Bruce Nelson. Uh, and he was the worldwide CCO of McCann. And that's why I went back to McCann. Amazing. It's the only agency that would hire me. So how did the whole uh, CPB thing happen for you? And uh, I think I just want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Those, well, those my wife, uh, so I, I was working at this agency called Allen Gargano, which was an amazing agency in the 80s. I worked there in the 90s when it was going out of business. And uh, so it was literally going out of business, like the fire marshals were coming. So this was back when faxes were cool. That's so every cool. night to get a new job, every night I would, I would, I would write these funny ads or try to, I thought were funny and I would fax them to all these CCOs, Jeff Goodby, Rich Silverstein, um, Dan Wyden, uh, and Alex, Alex Bogusky. Crispin was sort of getting hot at that point. Yeah. This is like 90, <clears throat> I don't know what time of year, maybe it was like 90, 97 or something. I don't know. And, uh, so I would, and, and you'd wake up hopefully the next morning and someone would respond. No one responded uh, except um, Rich Silverstein, right? He responded. <clears throat> Alex didn't respond. Mike Tess responded. Mike Tess, the old uh, fast-talking FedEx guy. Uh, Rich Silverstein's assistant called and said, hey, Rich has been getting your faxes. He thinks they're really funny. Can you send your book? Now, I never sent my book to Goodby Silverstein. Do you want to know why? Why? The faxes were the best thing in my book at the time. Like right, I, right, right. I didn't think I had a good enough book to hit the level of Goodby Silverstein. This is when they were killing it, like Norwegian Cruise Lines, you know. So I end up, uh, Mike Tesh calls me. He was at this agency called HDC in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And he said, hey, I, I, I think your faxes are funny. I mean, <laughs> come, to get, come work for me. And that's how he talks. And uh, I ended up working for him. Bogusky never called me. Uh, until I was down there, and then I get a call from him, and I said, "Hey, Alex, you know, would love to meet you. You know, he remembers your faxes. He, he, he wants to see more of your work." I'm like, well, "He's going to see a lot of it. I'm down the street. I'm working at the competitor agency. I would have definitely worked for Alex." Long story short, my wife <coughs> is uh, working is is this young account person. That's where I. So I met my wife at HDC. We, we start dating, we're living together. My mom gets cancer. I moved back to New York City. Laura, I said, go work at Crispin. And so she went to work at Crispin. We did long distance dating for five years. I took a job at Hill Holiday, um, ended up being the ECD of Hill Holiday. Work was average, wasn't great. And then five years, we're like, well, what are we doing with our lives? Are we getting together? Are we living together? And she had just sort of get, got going at Crispin. The work was really good. She's like, well, I'm not, she's like, I'm not moving to New York, you know? And I'm like, well, I don't want to go to Crispin. It's your agency, you know? I'm the ECD. They're not going to hire me. So anyway, I just said, I said, I'll call Alex. I'll send him my work. So I call Alex and I send him the work and he goes, uh, well, you know, I like your work, but you make too much money and you have too big a job. And, <laughs> of course. And I said, well, I don't care about the money and I don't care about the title. I'll come as a copywriter, you know, for half my salary. So he didn't have that out. And you he, did, you went, you went for half your salary? More than half. Okay. And started over as a copywriter, maybe a senior copywriter. I don't know. I, see it. I, mean, I was 30, 34, I think at the time, or 32. And what, year, what, year, what year is this now? This is probably 2002 or two, 2002. So what's, what's like the first couple of years there like? 
first five, first four years? Uh, well, the first three months were the worst of my career. It was horrible Why? because it was about only about a hundred people, and it was like a real clicky. I mean, real like family, like pi not pirates, like bandits. You know, like you were either part of this Christmas thing or you were not. And here's a guy from New York. My girlfriend is the account person who's amazing that everybody also loves, you know. Um, and here's this New Yorker ECD guy, regardless of my title, wearing Prada and black. Like, I just didn't, I had all the wrong shit, you know. You all were the wearing wrong the wrong clothes. I was wearing, but that was a metaphor. I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back to this in a second. Yeah. But no, keep, no, keep going. It's, it's a metaphor for how I didn't fit in even though I tried, you know, I tried. It sounds familiar. So, you'll, so, you'll see what I'm talking about. So Alex didn't give me a, a, didn't give me a partner either. So it was kind of like, I, no one was telling me how the place worked. No one was, you know, like, it was just, no one was really talking to me except for a couple of guys. And it was miserable. But I was, it was, I thought I was contributing. I was trying to, you know, whatever I was doing. So about a month in, Alex calls me in his office and says, hey man, listen, I love you. I think you're awesome. I love your ideas. I know you're not selling anything yet, but man, I love it. But here's the problem. No one else likes you. I go, no one? He goes, yeah, no one. He goes, obviously your girlfriend, but you know, no one likes you. And it was just like, such a, it's a gut, it's like, it, I, I felt like I was punched in the nuts, face, stomach, head, everywhere. It was so demoralizing. So he, I thought it was, I, but I thought he was gonna say like, you know what, as long as I love you, fuck them. You know, this is, it's not camp, not everybody's gotta get along. He said the opposite. He said, so he goes, listen, you've got to figure out how to get people to like you or you got to leave. Like, it doesn't matter if I like you, you know, you need to, I can't have one person ruining the culture. So I was really demoralized and I left and I went back to our apartment and I was like, fuck this place. You know, I gave up everything to come here. Fuck them. If the place doesn't want me, I'll fucking leave. And I thought my girlfriend would say, you know what? You know, it's okay. We'll, we'll do something. She goes, why don't you try shutting up? You're being a pussy. You know, she's like, no. She said, you're being a pussy. Like, you've done nothing. Just, you, why don't you try shutting up and doing some work? Don't try to be big and just just keep your head down. And I was like, fuck you too. Like, I, you, you're part of this. Fuck off. I hate you all. Uh, and then I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. I thought, like, I've given all this up. I'm not a quitter. So I went into Alex's office and said, listen, I've been trying to sell my brand for 10 years. And I've had marginal success. Uh, I'm gonna sell, I'm here to sell your brand, and I'm in it. And I don't I don't think I spoke to anybody for six months, and I just did the work. And once you make a couple things, uh, and people are like, oh, actually, he's good. Uh, and then you sort of, work was a th work was your entry. Uh, so you your were pass. like you were a quiet, shy type after that for six months. Yeah, hard to believe. Yeah, hard to believe, right? I can't yeah. see it, man. Yeah, well, it is what it is. So uh, that's what you got to do. So then once like, we started making some work, uh, that's where you got the respect. It was all about, do you have the chops to work here? And so now, now, you're, at, now you're at McCann. Yeah. And uh, you're killing it there, man. Um, oh, thanks, congrats, man. Congrats on, yeah, on that. I appreciate it. And, and um, what's like life for you like there? What What's nine to nine look like? Well, um, I, I describe it, you know, uh, so I'm the creative chairman of McCann World Group, which is sort of a master brand for all these different types of creative agencies. So McCann, the ad agency, uh, MRM McCann is the relationship marketing uh, 
Uh, Weber Shamrock is the PR arm. Craft is our production arm. Uh, Momentum is our experiential arm. McCann Health is obviously our, our health and wellness practice. So you can imagine I'm the chairman of creative chairman of that. So finding ways to integrate these these things together uh, is is half the job. Um, but I, a more interesting way of describing it: imagine every hour of every day, somewhere in the world, somebody's trying to fire us, and that's what I do. I go to the fire, and you know there's problems everywhere. But I stay a lot in New York because a lot of the global accounts are in New York. So, you know, for a person like me, if I'm not spending the time on the global accounts and the big accounts, then, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of wasted time. I don't need to be flown and flying to, to, to random countries just to go in and say hello. You know, I got to gotta focus on. Yeah. No, it, is, is, there, is there something that you are just crazy proud of more than anything else since you've been there? piece of work yeah i mean it's hard not to be proud of fearless girl you know that's a good one yeah it's a good one well i always you know these these ideas um you know it's hard we're at a time when like um governments you know i've been saying this a lot this week i said it on stage the other night like you know a lot in a lot of countries you know not not canada but in places around the world uh governments uh either can't afford to help people or they don't have the will or want to help people, you know, and do the right thing. So it's really an important moment for brands. They can step in and play that meaningful role in people's lives. You know, they can, you know, where the government has failed, they can they fix that. And, and it doesn't mean that they don't have to make money either. I think we're at a time where like making money and doing the right thing don't have to be mutually exclusive anymore. They need to be connected. You know, you think of Apple, why it won Grand Prix in my category. It's like this brand has been the best branded experience for people for 41 years. And now they're literally through their products and now they're doing it through their actions. Yeah, I think it's great. I think the festival is way better. I think the way they've limited the amount of lions you can, you can, (laughs) limited the amount of lions you can, uh. Your, your people are talking. Yeah, I know, I know. My people, they, I feel like do? something just came in. I don't like, know. Maybe, like, maybe like I should not. There's a, there's a photo of Rob, <laughs> there's a photo of Rob skinny dipping uh, with the, the waiters at, of, of the, we, we have of a the Rob, Majestic. There's a Rob Riley situation. Yeah, there's a Rob yeah. Riley situation. Uh, no, I think there's a lot of stuff. I think it's actually good that they limited the amount of lines you can get into. Right? It used to be unlimited. You could enter 26 of the lines. Now you can only enter six. So you're, this is going to be the first year that no piece has won more than one Grand Prix. It's right. pretty awesome. I think so the breadth of work is, I think- That the, is good. That yeah. is good. It's, it's, it's better. I would just like to, was it like, not last night, the night before, I'd like to be in a situation where it's like, you don't have like seven, seven things in a row in an advertising competition that are not brands. Yeah. Like- I wasn't. I wasn't the. It wasn't the PSA show. It was. It was like <laughs> radio and design. It's like what's that? Why is there no brands? I want to see yeah. Burger King and McDonald's. And the- listen, I, I, I. There's a poster in McCann that says "Big Big Equals Best." We need our biggest clients to do our best work, Absolutely. And, and that's why I think we have, are getting a really good reputation for that. You know, like, and it doesn't mean we can't do purpose-led marketing, but the brands have to be so visible in it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if your brand is entertainment for all, if your brand mission is entertainment, providing entertainment for all, it makes sense you make a record that is wedding songs that everybody can enjoy. You know, like, so th- th- 
the connection to the brand, that's real marketing. That's not just making the world a better place. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say on certain things. And then there's some pure advertising and marketing ideas that I think are, are awesome. But listen, that, that's from my point of view. I was knee deep in the, in the room looking at the, every piece of work. So it felt like it was pretty balanced. But hey, so do you remember, you remember me at all? Of course the, I do. So what, what's, what do you remember? I remember you being awesome. <laughs> I really do. I remember you, what's your, your, you were awesome. <clears throat> creatively, like I connected with you. I was like, okay, this guy totally gets it. So I, I think you're a huge talent. You are too, man. I, do you remember I met you? Do you remember I, I came in, I did so with these interview rounds, like, you know, how people just come and they hang up mm-hmm. for the day. Do you remember I, I actually came in? I don't remember. I know. I remember meeting you. I don't remember where it was. I'm old. I'm old. There's a lot of... How, how old I've drank you? so much rosé. How old are you? I'm, you're 47. You're 40, 49. 49. 49. Hard to believe. I know. I look. I'm, uh, I have the skin of an 80-year-old. I'm, I'm 43, and I also have the skin of an 80-year-old. Um, <laughs> Do you have kids? So there's a reason. Yeah, that's what happens. So I went down. I had this, uh, this dream of working at CPB. So this is before the whole mm-hmm. merger situation. So I worked at Zig, and I yeah. wanted to come down. And uh, I'm going to tell you something controversial. And yeah. it actually comes back to a little bit of what you were saying, like not fitting in. It was going pretty good. And it was like, it was, it was sort of like. You're doing the interview round day? Doing the, yeah. The, and yeah. It was, it was and for the audience, like it was brutal. You would come, you would meet with like 10 creatives and then like count people uh, way before you got to Alex, if you got to Alex, um, <clears throat> Andrew. And it was brutal. You were, it was exhausting, but we, we didn't do it just to, to grill the person. It was like, we wanted the person to feel like they would like us. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it, so it was, it was good. I kind of like, I felt, I actually was, I kind of felt like I had the job before mm. coming. Cause I was talking to Chuck. Uh, and hey, it yeah, 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 yeah. So it was good. And we kind of, uh, beer. <laughs> I love Chuck. So anyways, it was going good. And then you were like, you, you were like my, the last person to meet. And I was like, like, I don't need, Rob Riley and I was what kind of jacket? You said you were wearing some funky jacket back in the day. Um, this like you, you, like when you were not fitting in, you were wearing a no, I don't know, like, like Ronnie Prada. <laughs> so, so that's what I was wearing. So I, I was not, I was I was scared shitless, and I was wearing like a beige jacket. It was all, and I did not. It's not how I dressed, right? Yeah. But I wanted to. I wanted to look like I was big time. I was like, right. I, I was an ACD and I want to look like an ACD. And what was I at the time? Like a CD? Or? Um, you were leading the crazy Burger King. Work. Yeah, that was probably a CD or ECD at the time. I, yeah. Yeah. Pr- yeah. Uh, and so I, I go in your office and you had like a little, I think it was like a little like love seat situation. Like a settee, like, like, a, settee, like a white settee. Yeah. Like it was lovely. It was yeah, it was, I had a cool period. office. And, and yeah. I'm in there and I have, I'm like, I'm all like, yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm scared shitless. Yeah. And my arm is up and, uh, and I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to like, I'm playing it like, yeah, I'm this guy is equal. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, what am I doing? And I just, cause I thought, I don't know. I yeah. thought that's like, I thought I was not going to be, I was going to act like, yeah, this yeah. is what ACDs do. They're all like that. So, <laughs> so you know what you I said? I love this story. Yeah. So you know what you said? So you, you said, you were like, yeah, man, listen, I got to be honest with you. Can I be honest? I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> so, Cause, and you shouldn't be feeling it, right? Because I'm like sitting like an idiot, like an asshole, yeah. right? I'm kind of acting, I'm kind of acting a yeah. little, like, like 
Yeah, because like, you're like such I, an amazing guy. So I, I, I don't so, remember right, this. Right, no, because I'm acting not like yeah. this. I'm not just like, you know, I'm being kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm really good. And <laughs> Anyway, so um, you hated me so much, as you should have. Did I say and, I hate you or I just said, I might not have used no, that. No, I don't think anybody's ever, well, yeah. like, you don't, you didn't use the words, I hate you, but you, like, it was super close. <laughs> yeah. It was super, like, uh, you kind of like said, I'm just not feeling it. And man, I'm making a circle. That, I think that's, a, I'm not around, feeling, around. Alex says like, I'm not, feeling, I probably said like, I'm not sure this is, you know, the right place, you know? Something so like you that. did, so that, yeah. So you've yeah. said, so you, you said that exact thing. And then. So we're at like we're talking for a while. I was like, do, do you want to like see my work? It's like, no, I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's it's you know. Your work was good enough to get you there. You know? Yeah. So uh, I think you, I think you like looked at some print ads and um, I, and like my print book was shit. Like it was shit. I was like an ACD, but I didn't really. Yeah. I didn't have much print. Um, I had like good TV, and yeah. and and then it's like, do you want to see my TV? It's like, you know what this place isn't for everyone and I got a thing coming up yeah. and then I left and I was kind of like uh, discouraged that I fuck it up. I was like, are, are you like, were you being mean? Was I just being a, was I just, was yeah, I, I giving you bad? I, I, I hope, don't think you were, I, I don't think you were I wasn't. Being mean. I'm really kind you were. careful. No, but so. I might have been in a little bit of a bad mood. <laughs> Uh, you're you're definitely in a bad mood. I Which think is, I worked some, on Burger King. It was brutal. Some shit just so <laughs> yeah. legitimately some shit just happened right before I walked. Which in. Which isn't an excuse, but um, but uh, yeah. Then I got to then I got to know you. I kind of I don't know. I thought uh, like leaving there. I was on a plane. I'm like, what? That guy was an asshole, and I fucked it up. Was I an asshole? <laughs> and then I got to work with you, and it's like, fuck, you were misunderstood, and you're a good. You're a good dude. Oh, thanks. No, like the, you're, so the listeners are getting a, like a taste of you. That's who yeah. you, that's who you are. And, uh, well, uh, you know, I think, uh, thanks for saying that. It's such an awesome story that I don't remember. Maybe I you know, blocked it out of my, my mind. Cause I, I, I it, listen, you always wanted to go well, you know, I know how hard it is. Like I, I, I was telling students yesterday who were in the audience, I did the inside the jury. And some guy goes, anybody have a short list or win a medal? And one guy's like, I have a, sh I had sh two short lists, but I didn't win a medal. I'm like, listen, it's really hard. Don't feel bad. Like it's hard to win here. It's hard to be great. You have to keep going. I go, I go, I'm 49. I'm the chairman of this company. I've won 20 Grand Prix as a writer, as a creative director, as easy as a CCO, as a creative chairman. I didn't win my first line until I was 34 years old. Don't worry. Like if you keep trying, you can make it. So I feel like our jobs as senior people, we have to remind people, we have to give the hope. We have to say like, you got to keep going. Like I always hate going to see people in my position and they're like, they're just negative on it. You know, it's like, what are you doing? What was, uh, what was the first line you won? Uh, I don't remember. It was, some, it was either for Burger King or Mini Counterfeit or, you know, it might have been Mini Counterfeit. Yeah, no, that was you awesome. Know? And, you know, I, yeah. I didn't win one until I was uh, 29. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think everybody's on this, like, instant gratification, you know, like, when, when am I winning a lion? Like, I don't know. It's hard, guys. It is know? hard. And you I've know? been scratching and clawing trying to win stuff. You know, it's just, I don't know, golds, golds and Grand Prix. And it's like, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to win bronze. Like, like, I won a bronze last night. Yeah. And thank you. You, and you saw it very 
briefly as it, it glimmered oh. by as, I mean, so they yeah. got that wrong. No, it's, it's, so this is brutal. So we won a couple lines here. I won a silver a couple days ago and a bronze last night. And this is how I found out. Like I'm walking in the show, like at a normal, at a, like at a normal time. At a normal at, at time. At a normal at, time. At a people, normal trot, your spit, your pace. I'm walking in there and like, you know, so you get, you know, you get the call or the email if you won gold. So I know I didn't win gold. Yeah. And then I'm walking in there, and I like did, was did I see some shit up there? Like I did like I, like words. Were there some words? And Sounded like a, a loop. A, yeah. Were there some? Yeah. So like, anyways. So yeah, it's so weird. And then uh, what's the guy's name? The host Juan. Juan. Juan says, ah, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> Monsieur, yes, uh, yeah, all the, the the bronzes and uh, silvers, uh, they're just you can look on a website tomorrow and uh, I'm a big like, round of applause. And, I, and I'm like, and and this is as my my phone is blowing up, and it's like, dude, I think I think they I think you won a silver, I think, but I don't know. Yeah. They said to look online tomorrow. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, they 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 missed. The, I think they were trying. Listen, they're trying to condense the festival, and it's like they've condensed it so much. It's like. How it was already so quick. It's like we saved what they must have saved five minutes total by removing the most important point. They're going to fix that. They're going to do something because it's been a major complaint for people. Because like I think they don't realize like that is the moment. Even when you see that bronze lion. How, how are we for time? Fifteen. 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 15. All right. Nice. Um, so it's it's a real bummer because it, people work so hard. So I was really trying to like. I'm, I'm I'm really passionate about making sure young people like feel good about it. You know, listen, it's such a great business to be in. And if we don't have, we don't keep attracting young people, then you know we're just going to be a bunch of you know old white dudes cracking ads. You know, that's so. that's, that's that's us. Yeah, no, sure. It's like <laughs> or this show might be called instead of it's just fucking old, advertising. It's old like, old dudes making ads. Well, I that's yeah. I actually I there's no way there's no there's no way that's going to be the show. Like, <laughs> old dudes writing ads. But so far, the only the only people saying yes are kind of old our, dudes. Our dudes, yeah. our dudes like us, like yeah, let's in dudes from New York. No, so yeah. it needs to be uh, culturally I, I, diverse. Sixty. I'm going to go sixty percent women, and that's what I. Yeah. That's the number I'm shooting for. Yeah, it'd probably be more interesting if you would hundred percent. Frankly, it'd be that's that, well, I women are more in, they're more interesting. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I we we were really conscious of when I started at, at, in New York, there were. Uh, I think four uh, ECDs or or and Joyce King Thomas is CCO. Uh, now there are fourteen, and the agency's gone from number fourteen to number one. You know, like nice. the, and it's I think it's directly related to the fact that we have women in leadership, creative leadership positions, and but we have to continue to do it. You know, like people of color, it's an F. The whole industry is an F. You know, it's, and uh, it's brutal. And, and we have we have brutal. to have much more uh, seismic shifts in, in our approach to how we solve that 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 issue. And it's not because we want to do the right thing; it's like we need to do the right thing for the work. You know, diversity is about making sure the work is interesting. Of course, it's going to solve some some, yeah, some issues. And uh, and I tell our clients, and you might have to say this too, when they say you guys get to get more diverse, more women, and more people of color, I say, listen, here's your here's the big problem with this. You have to be part of the solution if you're a client, because there are very talented women, as talented as me. They're very, very talented people of color. But I'm 49. I've been presenting to CMOs since I was 25. And at 25, I was horrible. I was a horrible presenter. 
I was so nervous. So was I. I was so nervous that when you, you know when you have to go around the room, right, and introduce yourself in a big group, it's kind of the worst thing. Like when it gets to you, you somehow have to realize how do I say something interesting, but not too much. So I was so nervous that when it got to me, I would say, if you meet anyone from my high school or college, I'm known as Robert. My whole, my life was Robert, never Rob. But because I was so nervous, I would mumble my name. I'd go, Robert Riley, right? And I can't see this. Like, I just can't see this. I was so, I was so nervous. I wasn't, I was confident, but when I got to those moments, I was nervous. So I changed my name to Rob. So it was easier to stay in a meeting. That's nuts. (laughs) So by, by, by 35, I was pretty good at presenting by 49. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm good in a room, but women have not been given the confidence or experience to, to be in front of these things. So like if you're a CMO asking for more women, more diversity, you gotta be patient and you gotta set up a, 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 an environment for success for those people who aren't, you know, Lena Horn, you know, or, you know, or, or people like me presenting like that they're gonna be successful. So I think it's a bigger problem that everybody needs to fix because confidence is a, is a, is a powerful thing. You're good in a room. Have you ever been in a room? It doesn't matter if you're good, good or not. Yeah. Can you talk about the worst meeting you've ever had? Um, hmm, where should I start? Do you I got th- one? Is there one that comes Yeah, I think there's one. This is very early in my career. Very early in my career. I was working on uh, LG. It also had Zenith, right? LG is a Korean, Korean company. Yeah. And um, they were based in New Jersey, Korea, and, and, and San Diego. And we were pitching Zenith. We had LG, so they were giving us a shot at Zenith the televisions. And, um, you know, there was a Korean, they flew in all the CEOs, for, the CEO from Korea, and I was, I was a young creative, but I, this guy, David Weekle, was my boss, awesome, awesome guy. And uh, we were there, and, you know, we had these big print ads printed, right? And yeah. we start the meeting with a strategy, and the guy goes, uh, no strategy. I don't need your strategy. <laughs> So we're like, yeah, at that point I was waiting for my boss to like, do you pack? It was so awkward. It was like dead silence. And uh, then, okay. So my boss is like, all right, well, here's the, here's what our idea. And it was like, you know, without the setup, it was really hard. So I was trying to set up and he goes, listen, no strategy. Show me the ad. So I, I, I pick up the ad and now I'm, now I'm, again, I wasn't a great presenter at the time. I'm nervous now. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be killed. So I, I hold up the ad. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those, as a time when people were putting the logos and print ads, like in different places. So the logos in the upper, like left-hand corner, upper right corner, wasn't in the bottom, you know, right. where it you know, had been for years. It was a spread. So I, I, I try to describe the ad and he goes, Stop. I, I go, yes, he goes, turn, turn. So I look around and look at my boss and I'm like, I'm, I'm describing, I, I take this spread ad and I turn it like a full page ad, like a one page ad. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, this, is this what you mean? And he kept doing the motion, like keep going, right? So then it's now <laughs> totally upside down, but the logo's in the right place. He goes, Thank you very much. And that was it. He did because we had put the lo- he he didn't even understand the ad because the logo was in the wrong place. So he made me turn it upside down. And then when it was upside down, he was like, "Oh, I get it because the logo is in the place where I know." So did they buy the ad? No, they didn't buy anything. <laughs> it was horrible. The whole meeting was this. Oh. 
every ad. I, I mean, wish. I wish. I wish sometimes clients would be uh, uh, like like these clients from uh, back in the day. The the Budweiser uh, client or uh, yeah, the Bud Light clients would just buy things. They'd just be like, I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> no, he didn't get it or love it or want us in the room. And I remember thinking, and the only lesson I got out of that. I was like, wow, this was a disaster. We're going to lose the LG account, not only the Zenith account, because it was really a bad meeting. And we went back to La Valencia Hotel in San Diego, this beautiful hotel. And we have to stay the night because it's late. And my boss, we go down uh, to, the, to the bar on the, on the water, and it's this most gorgeous moment. And he orders this bottle of Kistler Chardonnay, which was like $140. And I'm thinking, I said, I go, do you think we should be getting that? Like, you know, like a stupid junior kid, like should we get, we just had a horrible meeting. He goes, listen, that's when you drink the most expensive stuff. It's like, you're going to have horrible meetings your whole career and have great meetings, but you can't not enjoy this moment, the sun and the fact that we worked hard and just didn't work out. And, 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 you know, not, not just try to go on and move on. You got to go for it. I think I got to go. That's what we're done. This is awesome, man. I think this show is going to be amazing. Is there a theme song? Uh, yeah, there's some people working on yeah. uh, a theme song. R- is Rush working on it? Uh, Rush should be working on yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I love be. Rush. You know, Getty Lee, um, his mom, has, well, Getty Lee grew up uh, right behind my house. Yeah, I know that was. I know that story. I love it. Yeah, so. And you've known him. You've seen him. I've seen him. I've, uh, I don't really know him, but. Uh, my, He's, I met him once. He. Uh, Andrew Coward and I, he came to Boulder. His favorite restaurant is this restaurant called Frasca in Boulder. Frasca's uh, the best. Amazing place. Uh, Bobby Stuckey in Lachlan. Um, so if you're ever in Boulder, go to Frasca. So we knew that when Rush toured, they would play you know, Pepsi Center in Denver or Red Rocks, and they would always have an off day because they wanted to go to Frasca. Alex Lifeson and, and Getty Lee, not, not Neil Peart. And so Bobby said, hey, you know, we're like, what time is Rush coming, right? So Keller and I, you know, like we camp out and we, we go to the restaurant. And of course we go there and it's all dudes who look like us. No women, it's just all dudes. <laughs> and there's Getty Lee and he's a big wine guy. And he's there. So we, he is a big wine guy. His, his, the dinner was like hours. We're there, not, we're not in the dinner. We're there hoping to get to, to say hello at some point, right? So Bobby, there's finally getting up. Bobby motions to Andrew and I like, to come over. He's going to introduce us. So, uh, <laughs> so we're meeting him like, oh, the show was amazing. It was so cool. And then Andrew says something and Getty Lee says, well, as Kurt Vonnegut would say, we're all in the same crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, it's so true. And then he leaves we're like, what the fuck is he talking Mike about? Mike Trapp. Yeah, yeah. So, he's the coolest, coolest dude. So I love Rush. Anyway. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. And uh, yeah. It's only fucking advertising.